We are back with you on another episode of True Wisdom, and we thank you for uh, joining us today uh, for a wonderful topic, introducing us to more about God's Word. And I'm joined with my co-host, Andrew. Greetings. And thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting me. (laughs) So, we are diving deep into God's Word, and we always... Um, not just as a repetition for the newcomers, but also as a reminder for us on why we do what we do in terms of studying God's Word. Let's look at our our uh, verse, primary verse here, theme, Proverbs 9, 9 and 10. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Amen. Proverbs 9, 9 and 10. So, we're going to go ahead and have prayer and then dive into our lesson study for the day. I'll go ahead and start. Dear Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to worship you and study to learn more about you. Please be with us as we introduce a new lesson and help those who listen in. Uh, We'll be blessed by it and... Even as we go through it, we will receive a blessing. Amen. Amen. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, We're going to deal with not a story. We often deal with stories, but this time we're going to deal with a passage that has been misunderstood, because there are lots of passages that are misunderstood. And it's an interesting theme. Um, I'm going to make this comment before we get into it. But what was the first thing that tripped up? mankind. I guess uh, the first thing that tripped up would be a misretelling of the truth. Is that a fair way to say it? (laughs) Okay, that's one way. But what was the the subject matter of the test that God gave man? Hmm. Subject matter of the test. I would say Mm -hmm. it's an issue of trust. Uh, and obedience. Trust is, is one. Yeah. And obedience, absolutely. Yeah. Obedience in what area of life? Specifically. Well, that would be food. Yes, diet, appetite, food. And ever since that time, interestingly enough, despite that being the thing that got us into trouble, we find more people who will say, what you eat has no bearing on salvation. And I'm like, how can you say that with such an obvious piece of evidence to, to contradict you? But nonetheless, um, that's why we're going to talk about our topic is what defiles a man. All right, what defiles, what defiles a, man? a man? So if you can go to Mark chapter 7, Mark chapter 7, and um, we're going to launch into the middle of something. This passage is found in both Matthew 15 and Mark 7, but we're going to look at Mark 7, because people like quoting that one more. All right, we're at Mark 7. Um, Yeah, read 14 through 16. Okay, Mark 7, 14. And we are reading the King James Bible, Mark seven fourteen. And when he had called all the people unto him, he said unto them, Hearken unto me, every one of you, and understand. 
There is nothing from without a man that entereth into him can defile him. But the things that come out of him, those are they that defile the man. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Okay. Now, doesn't that sound like Christ is saying, there's nothing you can put in your mouth that's going to cause you a problem. Only the things that come out. That's exactly what it sounds like. Okay. And there are many people who who think that. Now, we, this, lesson covers a lot of the principles, the key principles of Bible study. Um, context, context, context. Understanding context is helpful, right? That's one of the things that we've been trying to um, instruct people about. Study topics from the beginning. That's important. And the beginning, when the, the primary point of that principle is from the beginning of where it's found in the Bible. Even if you are reading a passage or you see a statement, you want to go to the beginning of that discourse to understand what's being spoken about. A failure to go to the beginning of the discourse is why many people have wrong interpretations of Acts 10, Acts 15, and other passages in the Bible where they latch on, like in this case, to the middle of a discourse, the middle of some sort of communication. And they see a definitive statement, and they're like, aha, this says, it's plain, it's in plain English, aha. Okay. But we did, um, we did, we spoke about Cornelius and, and Peter a few episodes back, and we noticed that when the sheet came down, Peter didn't eat. Right, right. Right? What would that indicate to you in terms of this passage? Um, that he was a converted apostle. Right. He was still following that time. Levitical law about what was clean or unclean. Which implies what about this statement that Christ made? That he wasn't talking about food. That he wasn't talking about food. Now, if you... If you go to, um, okay, good. So, continue on. You got up to 16. Go to 17 and read until 23. And when he was entered into the house from the people, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. And he said unto them, Are ye so without understanding also? Do ye not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entereth into the man, it cannot defile him? Because it entereth not into his heart, but into the belly, and goeth out into the draught, purging all meats? And he said, That from that which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murderers, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lavishness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. Okay. Okay. Now, there are a couple of words in here that are important, but 
what is the, of all the things that you read, what is the most significant word in that statement that causes you to have a different view of everything that's said? There's one word that affects everything that's said in a different way than any of the other words. One word? Hmm. Mm-hmm. From 17 through 23. And just not into his heart? But from, for, from within, out of the heart of men. I'm not sure. What would you say it is? Last word, last word of verse 17. So read 17 again and then hang on to that last oh, word. Oh, I see. And when he was entered into the house from the people, his disciple asked him concerning his parable. Mm. So they understood that it was a parable. Okay, what does that mean? The, the fact that it's a parable, what does it mean to, about everything else that is said? Or everything else that he had said? Because now he's explaining the parable. But what was it about everything else that he had said? Right, to say he wasn't speaking literally, but in a, a manner in which you have to dig deeper. Absolutely. So there, you, you could come to a conclusion at the surface that was not where the conclusion was. Right? And... and Interestingly enough, even though the word parable, and we spoke about this in a previous episode, even though the word parable is nowhere in that message, they understood that it was a parable. Mm -hmm. And they asked him about that. That word is in both of the editions. So in the Mark edition and in the Matthew, in Matthew 15, 15, then answered Peter and said unto him, declare unto us this parable. Now, he had said some other statements, let them alone, they be blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. But considering that there's a parallel question in, in Mark's edition, which doesn't make that statement, we can see that the entire discourse is a parable, not just the one sentence or the other sentence. Okay, so here we have something that seems to be talking about food. When he explains it, he says, it's not, a person is not defiled by the things that come into them from the outside, but by the things that come out of them from the inside. So, side note, and we, may, we will probably need to deal with this in more depth, you know that Jesus became sin for us, right? He took upon him the sins of the world. All the sin. Okay. But he was never a sinner. Right. And why is that? Because then it wouldn't be the spotless blood of the Lamb. Um, true, true. That's, that's the ramification. But what was, what was it about him taking on sin on our behalf that prevented him from being a sinner? based on what we're reading here. Oh, hmm. Well, there's a couple different ways I could look at that, the question. Uh-huh. Um, what was it that prevented him from being a sinner? If he was a sinner, he couldn't take on other people's sin. Cor- correct. But what, okay, so let me be more specific. What, in the act of him taking on our sin, he became sin for us. The Father looked at him as though he had sinned, but he was not a sinner, despite that. Mm, no, I can't say I've, I've... Where are you going with this? Okay. Because we who are sinners, the reason we're sinners 
is found in verse 21 through 23. From, for from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications. All the wicked things that we ever do mm-hmm. start as thoughts and come from inside us. Right, Christ right. took on sin externally, but he never took on sin internally. Uh, okay. He was never... You see what I'm saying? Right. And, and, and that helps us. That statement that he makes helps us to understand how he could be sin for us without himself being a sinner. Mm-hmm. Without the act of him taking on sin externally, turning him into a sinner. It, he was viewed as a sinner for the sake of the punishment, right? He was bearing the sin, and so he, as for the sake of the punishment, but he was never actually painted by the sin because of the manner in which he took it on. Understood. Right? So, that's interesting. We often miss that lesson while arguing about being able to eat everything that moves. So, let's figure out what this whole thing was about then. Let's go to the beginning of this chapter. Now, we'll take the, the time to note that Chapter divisions are not always, um, the, the chapters were done after the fact, long after right, the fact. Right. So a chapter division isn't necessarily the most logical break to make. It, it, many times it is, but sometimes it's not always. even in a verse. Um, oh, yeah, please. So, sometimes, you know, sentences span multiple verses. Sometimes uh, a verse in the middle will switch gears and, and go somewhere else. In this case, for instance, Verse 23 ends the discussion, but the chapter goes on. They're, they're into another place, because verse 24 says, and from thence he arose and went to the borders of Tyre and Sidon. So we've changed, we've changed direction while we're still in the same chapter. Right. Um, but it, it so happens that the beginning of this chapter is, a, is an actual legitimate boundary, um, and this is where everything starts. So let's start from the beginning of this chapter. Uh, This is Mark 7, uh, starting in verse 1. Then came together unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes which came from Jerusalem. And when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is to say with unwashed hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except that they wash their hands oft, eat not, holding the tradition of the elders which I'll say parenthetically okay, well, is also a health issue. Um, well, sure, sure, but this isn't even talking about health. This is talking about ceremonial. Right, right? practice. And in, this is talking about ceremonial, so, and, and, and good, you gave us a transition. We're going to go over to Matthew 15. Um, but, but again, look at the beginning of this. Food is ancillary to this discussion. Food is secondary. The issue is defilement, that is to say, unwashing hands. It's tied to food because they complained about it because food followed, but it wasn't about the food. Right. Okay? It wasn't about the food. And again, they notice that they're not talking about illness. They're not saying, hey, these guys are unhealthy or they're going to get sick, they're saying these guys are defiled. And the word defile is always used in the context of spiritual 
defilement. Okay? Spiritual defilement. The word in particular is, it says, ceremonially unclean. That's the word used in chapter, in verse 2. Right. If you look at the, at the concordance. All right? Ceremonially profane, ceremonially unclean, unholy. They're not concerned about health. Right? Hmm. So their, their issue is, and because here's the thing, even the Pharisees are not suggesting that if you wash your hands, you can eat a pig. <laughs> right, that you, wasn't you the crux. Right, right, right. The, no, the crux is about spiritual defilement. Right? So they're saying, hey, you can't, you're going to be spiritually defiled. They added all these rules. But let's go over to Matthew 15. Right. Because it's, it's more clear. All right. Okay. Matthew 15. Yeah, so let's read the first, the first three verses. Matthew 15, starting mm-hmm. at verse 1, Then came to, Jerus- to Jesus scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the traditions of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But he answered and said unto them, Why do ye also transgress the commandments of God by your, transgi- your, by your traditions? Okay. Then he goes in to say, the Lord says, Honor your father and your mother, but you guys say, oh, you know, as long as it's for a gift, that's fine. Um, and so you all change everything. We, we, the Lord has set up a rule, and you say, well... You know, it's a, here's a caveat. You don't have to take care of them if that money goes to the church. All right, so that's, that's okay. If you're, if you're, you should take care of them, but if you instead divert the money to the church, then that's okay. All right? And so then we get the, one of the famous verses in verse 9, but in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Okay. Now, he goes on to say the same thing, the same things, right? Verses 18 and 19 are, are similar to Mark. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. But read verse 20 for us, please. Of Matthew 15, verse 20. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. Spiritual defiling is what he's referring to. Right. But you see, verse 20, and this is why people often go to the Mark one, because the Mark one ends with all these evil things come from within and defile a man, but it doesn't get back to, it doesn't wrap it back up to verse 1. In Matthew 15, it does wrap it back to this one. Verse 1. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. So what is he comparing it with? Not food. Right. Not a discussion about food. And so we have to be, the context here, it was necessary for us to look at the whole discourse to be sure that the content was where we thought it was. Ah, I see. The Pharisees weren't, weren't even arguing a food issue. They were arguing ceremonial washing. And so what we're trying to take it now is a step even further. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right, so we go back and we see. So 
The Pharisees aren't talking about food. Christ's response to them is not talking about food. The disciples know that it's a parable, and so that there's some other lesson, and they were trying to figure out the lesson. Because if it's not a parable, the instructions are pretty plain. They're pretty clear. Right? If, if, if the issue is, I'm giving you doctrine, they could have figured it out. Right. He says... He said, you know, the stuff you the stuff coming in doesn't create a problem. It's the stuff going out. The stuff that comes from inside is the problem. Mm. And if it was a, if he was basically saying, ah, don't worry about that washing of hands and plates and stuff, it would have been obvious. And they would have gone away with, you know, they may have been disgruntled or uncomfortable or whatever the case was because it was a change, but they wouldn't have not understood. Okay, and the fact that they didn't understand is that they knew the health laws. They understood that some of that stuff was was there for a particular reason, and so they so Peter's basically saying, "Lord, tell us exactly what you're trying to get at." Right, because that's what you get. That's when he dug deep into the actual the fornication, the adultery. That's when he expounded upon it. And what he was yes. saying was, your thoughts, which turns into actions, that defiles you. And, and even as I say that, I have to be careful. It's not just waiting until your act, it becomes action, but it's the fact that they have Correct. thoughts. And that's what he was talking about, defiles you. Right. And, and we should, this is a good opportunity, because I don't think we've done this in any episode. Because um, this question often comes up. Having thoughts or having the thoughts come through your head doesn't automatically defile you, right? Because right. temptations are thoughts that come in, right? What defiles you is when you ruminate Linger. on it, Linger. when you consider it, when you, yeah, okay? When, when you when file you, it away mm, instead of shredding it. Yes. At re- <laughs> yes. When you entertain the proposal, you don't say no. Right? I mean, think about how a telemarketer hooks you to use a completely non, you know, it's completely secular, non religious example. You, you get a call, you pick up, you realize it's a telemarketer, um, one of those, you can win a cruise or whatever, and you don't immediately say, no, I'm sorry, you hang up, right? In 10 minutes, you won't even remember that you had that call. But if you're like, a cruise, no, I'm not really interested, and, and the conversation goes on. You're entertaining trouble. Next thing you know, you'll have signed some paperwork and be wondering, how did I get myself here? Right. Right? And it's the, it's the same class of things. So when Christ is saying that evil thoughts and all of these things are what defile a man, you got to linger. I mean, defilement, brushing by something often doesn't defile. It's lingering and touching and holding, and, you know, that's what defiles. And so um, we're going to get tempted. Christ was tempted. Mm-hmm. And the temptation didn't defile him because it came from the outside, and he didn't linger on it till it came onto the inside. Right, right. All right. Oh, that's excellent. Um, once again, we covered the how to go back and study a passage completely instead of just looking at one cross-section of it as well as how yep. to cross-reference it with another section that provided a bit more information. Um, that's that's actually a very good lesson, so that when you're 
and accosted might be the wrong word, when you're presented <laughs> with a question about the Bible, well, doesn't this mean this? It's actually a wise idea not to try to jump right in to prove the Bible right. Take the time to study it for yourself, to pray on yeah. it, mm-hmm. study it for yourself, mm-hmm. and then find out where's, where else is this topic referenced? Where else, and mm-hmm. then what does this reference mean? And uh, that's, that's very good information. And one more point to that, one more. When someone comes at you and says, um, Jesus says you can eat whatever you want. Don't start an immediate defense. Always ask the question, where do, where do you find that, please? Mm. Let the person find it. Because sometimes they help you by picking the passage <laughs> that answers it. Like, okay, can we start at the verse right before that one? Mm-hmm. Right? It's, ta-da. Right, so don't, don't leap into stuff. Don't stretch. Always ask someone who is asserting something to show you where they found it. Mm-hmm. Don't just run off on the basis of rumor. Even if you have a sense of where it is, let them let them bring it to you. Right. right. Okay? Let them bring it to you. And, and spend, then go back, make sure you get a whole sentence, make sure you get a whole paragraph, make sure you get a whole theme, um, and go for there. But you, you said it very well. Don't just leap into a defense, you know? You pray about it, look at it. You're not obligated to answer things in the instant. And, and if God wants them done that way, he's given us a promise that the Spirit will tell us what to right, say. Right, right. Excellent. Well, thank you for this uh, topic. And for more topics like this, you can find our information at truewisdom.buzzsprout.com. If you have questions or something you'd like us to cover, you can reach us at Twitter, at TrueWisdom underscore pod. And we look forward to hearing from you. Is there anything else you want to cover, Andrew, before you pray to close us? No, I think we're in a good place. I think this was a nice, succinct lesson. Um, and it can be applied in a lot of places, especially in the gospel. Excellent. Okay, let's have a word of prayer to close. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your word and the ability to understand the things that are therein. We thank you for the way you've laid out the scriptures and the rules that you've given us to to discern what is found therein. And we pray that we will be diligent students of the word, that we will prayerfully approach the word, not seeking just to, to you know, get our own point across, but to understand what message you have there for us. And we pray that this will be a blessing for all of those who may listen. And we ask you to bless this ministry, that it may do your will in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And we look forward uh, for you hearing from us next time. Thank you all for listening, and God bless.